Welcome to the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, insight and training from leaders around our network. Here's your host, Ian Bird. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to showcase the hidden treasure of leadership acumen within our network. And we want to thank everyone that's listening that follows along as these become available and also um, subscribe on Podbean or iTunes. You can also leave a review. And if you can even let others know through social media, uh, we'd be really blessed by that. And so today, I'm really excited to have with me uh, Des and Cheryl Klingspawn. They're the lead pastors of Prairie Harvest Christian Life Center in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. And I've known them for a number of years now. And uh, I remember um, a few years ago, they shared at one of our LifeLinks conferences all about uh, how their church was reaching their community, and it was exciting to hear those things. So it's always stuck in my mind, and so today we're, we're going to kind of dig into some of those things. So welcome, Des and Cheryl. It's good to have you on the podcast. Great to be here, Ian. Yep, thanks, Ian. Good to be here. And uh, I just wanted to see, first of all, if you could um, give me a little background on on your history of, of leading your church. I know it's been, you're veterans. You've been there quite a while now pushing through. So maybe give us a little bit of background. Sure, Ian. That was in uh, 1996 that we actually started. And uh, the pastor who had uh, started the church here had left a couple of years previous. And uh, we had tried to find uh, our leadership that was present uh, to find a pastor who would come in and, uh, we just didn't have any success with that. Mm. Yeah, so we were we were always uh, from the time we got married, we were always serving in the church. We just jumped in both feet, and we never were really kind of spectators in the way we approached our walk with God. And and uh, so we never planned on pastoring, but um, as Des said, um, we got married. We served in the church in probably every area you could possibly serve in. And then one day our pastor decided to move on to new things. And uh, that was when God opened the door and, and called us into the ministry. So you, you didn't, both of you didn't really, it wasn't something you were aspiring to or, or wanting. It just, it, you were kind of like reluctant leaders who were, who were the ones standing at the moment that God chose. That's right. And uh, we definitely, it wasn't something that we sought out. And our, our desire was always just to support uh, a good leader, a godly leader, and to do whatever we could do to make the church successful. Yeah. Wow. And it's interesting how, you know, often I've heard stories from other leaders where, you know, they're not aspiring to that. That's not even on their radar, but they're faithful, they're serving. And then God sees that and, and chooses them and even does more than they th- they think he would, right? right? And and so then so then your journey started as as the leaders of the church in '96. So we're talking 23 years now. Right? Yep, wow, that's that's, right. that's quite a while. Yeah. So maybe just share a bit about um, your journey. I know that um, you, you've you know getting, obtaining buildings has been part of it. Right. Uh, I know that kind of getting grafted into the communities another part of it. What are some of the kind of highlights that have happened over the years? Well, there's uh, there's a lot of things. I know uh, we we just found that uh, when we started pastoring, because uh, we we felt so ill prepared, we really had to rely on the Lord's wisdom and His leading in our lives. And so, uh, prayer has always been a big uh, a big focus for us. But we found that uh, that God really began to show us needs in our community from early on, 
And uh, we never really, you know, had the idea, you know, one day that, man, we need to get involved in our community. It's, it was more that we just began to see things. And as we began to see them and pray about them, God began to give us or people in our church ideas. And uh, we just began to walk those out. And so, you know, some of the early things that we saw God do were, uh, you know, opening doors for uh, outreach at a youth detention center at a place called Arcadia. And uh, we tried to get in there and couldn't. But as we prayed, uh, God opened the door and miraculously uh, through through some interesting events, which it's a longer story. Uh, God removed yeah. the uh, the current administration over that whole place. And within a day, we got a call and were invited to come out. And, uh, wow. and so we, we just saw God do some really incredible things that way. Uh, uh, we also saw a, a place, a community outreach center. Uh, this would be back around 2000, probably, uh, that became named the Red Door. And uh, we, were, That's a cool we were given a church building, basically. A fellow in our congregation uh, bought it donated it and uh we got the hint then that god wanted us to do some more community outreach because we were gifted this building to begin to use and and so god really began to do some things there and and just to be given a building like that uh, as a small church when we already had one uh, just for the sole purpose of outreach really opened some doors for us and uh, began to link us with people and open doors of opportunity that uh, we never would have uh dreamed of seeing otherwise yeah amazing i i i want to just pull back for a second and and i appreciate you you sharing about the red door as well the the thought that i had was just this whole aspect of it being birthed in prayer and i know Mm -hmm. knowing the two of you i know that you have an ongoing burden for prayer and an ongoing focus on prayer Uh, i know that's one of your real intentional areas and i just wonder in those early years when you were you know sensing that there was things for you, but didn't see them yet and didn't even see the open doors. Um, what were, if, if you can recall back, some of the ways that you maybe prayed or some of the initiatives, you know, because I, I think that's really key. Sometimes we, I, I know in, any, in my own life, we, we try to bang down doors. We we try to strategically, you know, come up with the next thing and, and uh, make things happen. And sometimes, often it doesn't. And we forget that we need God to move. We need his hand to open the door. So can you recall what were some of the things in those early days and ongoing that you've done in prayer that have really helped? Well, um, you know, we did pray a lot. Like God really gave us a burden uh, for our city. And we were just a small group of people. So we felt like, well, gee, what can we really do? There's like maybe 20 of us. And at the beginning, you know, it was very small. But we found that God is not looking for superstars. He's just looking for willing men and women. And we've been really like blessed that God has given us favor in our community. And I think that if God can trust us to properly represent him, he'll give us favor. And so like having your heart uh, in that place where you you just want to serve. It's like you're not looking to be somebody important or somebody special. You just want to serve. You just want to answer the call of God. You're just saying yes to God. When he said, you know, will you give me your life? And your yes actually means yes. And he'll give responsibility to you and he'll open doors for you. Some of the things yeah. that wow. uh, were early on, uh, I can remember uh, driving late at night and uh, 
driving by our 7-Eleven store around 11, 11.30 p.m. at night and seeing young kids uh, even pushing a stroller with a baby in it, no parental supervision. And, uh, you know, that really impacted us. And I can remember us praying, God, there's these kids in our community that aren't being parented, that are no one's looking after them. And uh, we began to pray. I can uh, also remember we had a, a young boy named uh, Randy on our street. And uh, he didn't have parents that he lived with, but he lived with his grandfather and his grandfather and girlfriend would often go out and they'd play bingo and he'd be on his own uh, all evening. And we found him in our garage a couple of times staying warm. And, uh, and so God just began to show things to us, give us insight into things that were happening in our community. And then we began to try and help in those things. And a lot of the programming with the red door, it happened through that, uh, seeing those needs and responding to them, providing a place where kids and youth could come. Uh, I know also with the uh, Orcadia Youth Detention Center, we had a a couple of people in our church who worked there. And there was at one point uh, staff members from the youth facility there who were taking these uh, young offenders to see a lady who would read their fortunes through tea leaves and uh it was just we found it so disturbing and this member of our congregation who worked there found it really disturbing and that was actually one of the events that as we prayed into that and i remember praying with this lady and then praying after i got off the phone with her one day and just really knowing that god was doing something and we were just praying to see this uh this dynamic shut down and that these kids would would be able to also see that there's a god that loves them and that there's Uh, a message of salvation for them. And uh, after praying, it was within two days uh, that that whole administration was turned over at that place. And we had the approval to come in and start doing outreaches and Bible studies. That is incredible. So, so as you prayed, so you had an initial burden Mm -hmm. as you prayed into that burden, God began to open your eyes further to see the actual opportunities right. that, that he had in front of you. And then you started to move into the actual opportunities that he showed you. And as you did that and prayed into that, the, the doors open even further. That's what I'm, that's yeah. what I'm seeing. That, yeah. So, so it's just that ability for us to get God's initial burden, but then to be aware and be open to however he's leading. Cause that's what I see, mm-hmm. you know, with your journey is just how, you know, next door, next door. And that's so, that's so encouraging. So, so with the red door then, um, do you still run that today or is that morphed into something else? That has changed. Uh, we ran probably about a six year window where there was a lot going on there. And, uh, then things began to wane and, uh, some of our leaders who were key in that, uh, began, uh, things were shifting as well as they often do with people. And, uh, so we came to a point where we just felt that our time was up and, uh, God had a plan and, uh, we ended up, uh, there was a, a first nations church in our community that needed a church building. They had, uh, the building they were meeting in was sold and they were given, you know, less than a month's notice to get out. And, uh, so it started off as uh, trying to help them out and it turned into, where we, over a period of about two years, uh, helped that church to buy that building, and they now have their own church home. Yeah, which is awesome. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so so that First Nations church now is in the 
the red door building. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's exciting. So now I understand too, that along with buildings, God then led you uh, to your current building. That, that was a whole uh, other story, I believe. Right. From what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> How did that transpire? Yeah, there's some miracles involved there too. Um, we were looking at a different building and really had our heart set on it and thought that the Lord was going to give it to us. And then another church just snatched it up <laughs> right out from under us. And so we were pretty distressed and uh, thought, what are we going to do? Because of course, in a city the size of Yorkton, there's not a lot of uh, buildings for sale that would be suitable for a church. And and then God had a plan and the community college here, uh, all of a sudden they put their building up for sale because they were going to build a new facility. And uh, it was just a complete miracle. We had to come up with, what was it, $11,000 or something like that overnight? Seven. Oh. Se- Okay, Des knows more of the numbers, but... It was 75000 that yeah, we needed 75, as, a, as a deposit. Quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And God, he just worked a miracle and gave us a building that was, I would say it was probably nearly 10 times the building that we thought we wanted. And so uh, that was that was incredible. Isn't he amazing? Those those building stories, um, I know we, we have our own too yeah. from our history. And... Uh, you know, the, sometimes it feels like buildings are necessary evils, to be honest. I mean, they are. so much work, so much money, right, to yeah. maintain and all that. But so important to have a base of operation for, for what you're doing. So what an, what an incredible story. So obviously God provided that. And how many years have you guys been in that facility now? It's uh, scary when we think of it, but it was 2003 when we moved into uh, to our current building. Wow. And uh, we've... Uh, We've really, yeah, the time really goes by years. fast. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because that seems like current history to me. Like, it yeah. seems like not very long ago, but uh, it, that is a while. So 16 years, obviously you would have, you know, you've had to invest and 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 uh, upgrade and do various things over time. What would What would be, with that facility you have now, what are some of the things that you're able to do out of there for your community? How did that kind of open even more doors for you to, you know, to do some different things in Yorkton? Well, we had, uh, we'd really outgrown the building that we were in. So initially it was just really great to have a building that could accommodate us as a church family for kids ministry and our Sunday services and everything else. But, uh, but now more currently we have some really awesome ministries that are running out of the church here, like the love bus, uh, love lives here bus, which goes out each week and it, like they, load up the bus with all kinds of food and drink and fruit and they go out on the street and they meet people on the street and that ministry is having a massive impact and because we have this great building that we're able to do it here we just built a, a beautiful brand new kitchen and it's getting used like crazy and uh, and they're even starting to bus kids now bus kids and families to church on Sunday morning from that directly from that ministry. Um, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, which has been really wow. great. There's also the uh, Prairie Harvest Employment Program, which has been running about 15 years now. It was just shortly after we uh, we acquired the building that that door just really opened for us. And uh, the PHEP is a program that was initially funded by provincial and federal governments uh, to provide job skills for unemployable men, which kind of sprung out of the need that we saw at the Arcadia Outreach Facility that uh, young men would be in there and uh, their time would would come up, they'd get out. 
And uh, then they would have nothing to go back to, no chance of work, uh, just back into a, a, a negative situation. And so uh, it was actually two of our guys who were employees at the uh, Orcadia Youth Facility that had the vision for it. And uh, they began uh, to put a plan together and uh, we were amazed. Uh, the federal government uh, received it and we started and it has grown uh, to the point that it's grown uh, beyond our building. And now they, uh, they run administration out of our current property, but they actually have their own operations building because uh, one of the main stays of their income now has shifted from funding to where they're doing uh, the Yorkton City curbside recycling program. And they have, oh, done, wow. they have done that for about six years, might even be more now. And so uh, we do and have done consistently that curbside recycling program and uh, still just continuing to uh, draw more young men uh, into that and, uh, and work in the so, city. So your, your organization uh, actually runs that, that, that whole operation for the city of Yorkton yes. where you were picking up the recycling and that's amazing. So, so something that was uh, designed to help people find jobs and become employed actually becomes an employer. That's right. Itself. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I mean, no, that, that's a really great success story. And the fact that it's continuing on and meeting such practical needs yep. is, is amazing. But again, it sounds to me like there was a need there. You sensed it. You prayed into it. And you saw God begin to open doors and even, even the approvals given and all that. I mean, yes, that's, that, right. that's, yeah. that's quite a journey. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I think from the outside, to be honest, Des and Cheryl, you know, looking from the outside, uh, you've been living this journey for years and, and sometimes we're right in, obviously we're embedded in our own journey. But mm-hmm. when I look at it from the outside, I, I just got to say how blessed and excited and encouraged I am to hear your stories because um, the Lord's obviously been leading you and, and, and you've been obedient that, that faithfulness that you showed back in 96, you know, that caused him to say, Hey, I want that couple to leave the church. I mean, it's obvious you're still that way and you're just letting him, him move. So I just, I just want to encourage you with that from the outside. So your church, obviously, um, you know, you, you, you obviously are owning this together, because right. to, to be running these kinds of things out of your building, um, you know, that the bus ministry, that sounds exciting, going to where people are at and meeting needs. Um, so you've got a community-minded culture there. And I wonder for, for the people who are, who are, you know, listening, if you could just maybe share some of your keys that you think for, you know, bringing others on the journey with you. You've, you, you've got a church that's really investing, that's serving. What are some keys to just cultivating that and just continuing to see that that outreach energy year after year? Well, you know, I think one of the most important things, like we were scratching our head about this question a little bit because we were thinking, gee, what are the keys, you know? But because uh, <laughs> well, I don't know, we're just doing stuff. But um, I think one of the most important things is that we've always, always, um, for Desmond and myself, 
Um, we lead like we live. Like our our culture is that for our own life is that we our lives are laid down for God, and we really we really put that out to the people that we lead, and so as a result, we attract people that want to do stuff for God. So you know we have people in our community they come to us and they're passionate and they're stirred up and God's stirring stuff in their heart and He's saying they're saying you know when the people that wanted to run the love bus came to us and they said we 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 have this passion we want to we want to do a love bus and we want to go out and reach these people and we're like go for it and des has always been the type of leader that he'll bless stuff like that uh, and guide it and i think that there's a risk that we have as leaders sometimes where we try to overmanage stuff uh, and, and that can mm-hmm. kind of stop stuff like that from happening but like i said one of the big keys i feel uh, besides prayer of course is the fact that we really have always said hey look if you're going to follow jesus follow him wholeheartedly that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so it's, it's kind of like we're all in as a church and we're disciples or two disciples, which means, Hey, Hey, everyone, we're going to be engaged in the ministry. Yeah, we're going to do absolutely. what God's called us to do. And I, and it's obvious you guys model that. Right. And, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest things. So you would say that that would be one of the biggest keys right there. What about yeah. any, any pitfalls that, that you can, that can happen anything to avoid that might actually undermine that kind of culture well there's uh there's a lot of things you know you you learn as much through your mistakes as you do uh, well probably more than you do through your successes even and uh, yes unfortunately that's true yeah and so we we've really found that to to be true and a lot of things you know because we weren't reading a manual as we uh as we just uh, went along we were just uh, living it in real time uh we we found a, a number of things and uh one, you know, one of the pitfalls I think that uh, I can relate to is, you know, when a ministry starts and gets going, it's uh, it's awesome. It's fun. You see God moving and the temptation can be to to maybe at times just want to keep that going. But what we've seen happen time and time again is that there's often cycles and seasons for these ministries and uh, the things that God is doing. And that when those seasons have passed to to recognize that and allow them to have just an honor, an honorable burial and to move on. That's good. Yeah. And so yeah. we've seen that with the Red Door, with the Arcadia Outreach. Uh, Pat Thompson uh, started a paintball ministry when he was here as our youth leader. And that went for a good number of years. And when he left, uh, you know, we we would have loved to see it going. We had a few events, but it's never been what it was and you know we've just had to be good with that and and not try to make things happen that yeah. uh, that god wasn't really in yeah. and that's been a real uh lifesaver for us because the tendency is to throw more money and more people at things when uh, when maybe that season is actually over yeah boy that's a that's a really good point and i think the other thing we 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 can all get into is is uh, it becomes part of what our church is or what we think it is. Exactly. And, and then it's hard to just let go. Yeah. yeah. And and just being aware, hey, I don't think the grace is on this anymore. I don't think this is where God's focus yeah. is. Yeah, that that's a really good, because the reality is we all, we all only have so much energy, don't we? Right. And so yeah. if we're pouring money and time and energy into something that God's saying, hey, I moved on, then there isn't, there isn't that available for the next thing and we need to be sensitive to it. Let me ask you this last question and then probably we'll have you just pray for the folks here and, 
Um, sure. Boy, I really appreciate you guys being willing to do this. This is so inspiring. Um, but here's the last question. What, what are some things that you're looking at right now as a church and some, some f- future vision, current vision that you're looking at that maybe we could just agree in prayer with you about? Or is there just something on your hearts for right now for your community that might be kind of new? Wow. Uh, yeah. that's a good, <laughs> maybe that wasn't a question we planned on. <laughs> well, that's a, that, that is a good question. And, and, you know, for us, uh, right now we, what we're finding is that our current facility, we're, we're running into, uh, two limitations with uh, space and size and, and, and funding, uh, for all different kinds of ministries. And, uh, so we're, we're really looking at having to provide more room for things to happen, the, a transition probably to our second service, which we've been working towards, but, uh, you know, we just see that, uh, there's many people here that really have vision for the community. One of the newest things that we're looking at is a, is a ministry on marriage mentoring, where we're reaching out to couples within the church and within the community who are struggling in the area of their marriage. And uh, just to provide couples that can mentor them as well. And, uh, you know, we just see where God has already been just reaching out to people uh, in this way and giving them encouragement and helping some marriages to, uh, to find another leg to, to stand on in the time being. And we just really see that God's heart is in those things. And, uh, man, we just want to do all these things that God has. And, uh, and it's, it's becoming that issue of space for us in in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. And another, another moment. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. And I was just going to add to that. Uh, another thing that we've been doing is, uh, we've been really deliberate about, um, we started doing discipleship classes a couple of years ago. We made a decision to do that uh, and uh, being really deliberate about basically putting our values into the people that come to be a part of the Prairie Harvest Church because it gets harder to do that as the church gets bigger. And so we've decided to be really deliberate about that, that we want people to carry our values. But also, like even speaking to your other question that you asked, this last one, um, also to be deliberate about it because we feel that you could be doing all these things, all these programs, which we've done a lot of great stuff and a lot of outreach and that. Uh, but sometimes community and relationship and connection gets lost in that. And oh, I could see. Yeah. That. And so yeah. uh, that we've realized, Hey, we have to be really deliberate about this, creating a culture where we are reaching out, we are doing fabulous programs, we're reaching lost, but we're also really having f- connection and family and loving one another and no one's getting lost in the midst of all of that. So that's been a real deliberate focus for us over the last couple of years. That's right. Wow. And we just see that that, makes- uh, that, uh, that God really is in those details. And, uh, you know, I, in doing uh, a talk like this, I just want to make really clear that uh, it hasn't been Cheryl and I that have come up with these initiatives all the time or seen things. Uh, when I looked over some of the things that we've done as a church and that we're doing, you know, Orcadia Outreach, that was something that God really put on my heart to pursue way back in the 90s. But all these other things have been our, our people in our church, our leaders in the house here, who God has shown them things and, and we've, uh, we've just tried to release them and support them and allow people to do the things that God has desired to do. And, and honestly, uh, 
others have done all this stuff. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, bless you. I mean, I, I, I think that, um, you've got a great, you got a great family there and it's, 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 a, it's a credit to the two of you that people are able to sense burdens and sense God given them vision. And you're, you're coming alongside becoming a cheerleader for them and releasing them and helping them to go into that. So I, I just commend you both and I appreciate your humility in that. I also want to just say that I think that point Cheryl too, about having, you know, all aspects of church life functioning is so important, right? I mean, yeah, we, we're, we're about outreach, but we have to be connecting with the Lord. We have to be connecting with each other. Um, we need all three of those things working all the time in our churches. Yeah, and so, um, right. yeah, in reach, upreach, outreach. Uh, so anyway, I really appreciate everything you, you've, you've shared. We could go on and on here because there's a lot. Uh, and I want to just say this, if people want to get a hold of you, maybe people listening are like, boy, I'm really stirred by that. I'd like to talk to them more. There's some things on my heart like that. Maybe they'd have some wisdom. How could they get a hold of the two of you? Well, uh, we have uh, emails, phone numbers. I, I'm not sure how the directory is for the lifelinks, but my email is phclc at sasktel.net. And uh, okay. they can send an email there or look us up in the lifelinks directory. And sure. uh, our church number is there as well. But we'd, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to help anyone or encourage anyone that we could in, in reaching their communities. So that's phclc at sasktel.net. That's right. All right, good. So there you go, folks. If you want to send out an email, if you have a question, feel free. I wonder if you do us one last blessing and just pray for the people listening and for our network that God would just help us in this area. Um, we always we always need those blessings. So if one or both of you would do that, I'd be really blessed. Yeah, we'll both do that. Sure, Ian. Um, so Heavenly Father, we just, uh, God, I thank you that you're moving, God, all over churches, all over the, the globe. And it's so great that we can connect, Lord, through things like podcasts nowadays and share uh, what God is doing. And Father, I just pray that all over the place where people hear this podcast, that you would um, just cause hearts to be fully devoted to Jesus. Uh, cause us, help us to be leaders, Lord, that lead people to be fully devoted to Jesus and help us, God, to make impact in our communities. Yes, and Lord, I just pray for for the churches, especially in our network, that, Lord, you would give us a heart for the cities and the communities that we live in and open our eyes just to see the things that you see when you view these uh, these places, Lord, that we would capture your heart and we would respond to it. And, Lord, like we have seen where the city of Yorkton has uh, has given us great favor to do many things. Lord, I pray that your favor would rest upon Lifelinks churches to be uh, such a blessing in the communities and the cities that they are and that they serve, that their communities would be uh, and able to acknowledge just the blessing that the, the kingdom of God, that the churches have been to them. And I uh, just pray for leaders, that you would raise up leaders that would uh, just really want to serve and really want to uh, reach their communities and that revival would just really break out in all the cities that we're in. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Good prayers. Well, thanks again to both of you for your time today and your inspiration. And thank you to all of you who are listening. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Podbean and you'll be notified when our next podcast comes out. And also, if you've enjoyed this, please let people know on social media so that we can get a 
greater group that's following along and hearing these wonderful stories. So thanks again to you, Des and Cheryl. Thanks, Ian. God bless. And thanks again to all you listening. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at lifelinks.org.